Welcome to the Driving You Crazy Podcast. This is the show where we talk traffic and all things transportation, even though, Joseph, I feel like we should be talking about where Richard Simmons is. Um, then we would have the number two podcast in the country. Uh, uh, right? Anyway. I came uh, up with a really good <laughs> rebuttal to that that I will tell you off the air that I am not allowed to say. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. I am one of the overnight producers, Joseph Peters. And, uh, by the way, we're now on, officially, after emailing them and sending them our wonderful podcast here, we are on the TuneIn app. Uh, I guess. Yay! All right. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. Crickets, crickets. Uh, <laughs> we're also on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podbean. The one I like to use most often, uh, iTunes and Google Play. I think iTunes, most people probably... And if, you know what? The thing about iTunes, most people know that it's it's on their phone, right? Right. They don't know the podcast iTunes app is on their phone, and so they don't know how to use it. Well, our listeners obviously know how to use it, right? And if you are listening on the iTunes app, make sure to leave us a review. It really helps with our ranking and gets more followers out there. Eventually, we might even spell it, sell a sponsorship. <laughs> 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 All right. That'll never happen. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Off with the podcast. Listen to this story. With drivers speeding through their quiet little streets at upward of 60 miles an hour, the tiny Scottish village of Hopeman, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, have taken into uh, taken the law into their own hands with hair dryers. The BBC is reporting that the villagers there have begun wearing reflective vests and standing along the street holding a hair dryer that they hope that speeding drivers will mistake for a speed radar gun. What do they do with a cord? Do they just let it dangle? Uh, Their efforts don't seem to have necessarily slowed down traffic any, they say, but the locals hope that it will send a message to both the dangerous motorists and the actual police who would normally be handling such things. Police in Scotland say they are aware of the speeding problem in that area and say they're addressing the issue. Apparently not well enough for the people in the village to stand out on the road with hair dryers. Yeah, if they were handling the problem well enough, they would not have residents standing in the street with hair dryers. Well, and you know what? I've seen fake uh, patrol people do the same thing. They'll have like a cardboard cutout sign or fake cars that try to slow down people. That's you know, true. I actually, in Las Vegas, they just had, this is not really on topic, but they just had a man who was beating homeless people to death. And so Vegas police put out a dummy homeless man and along came the suspect and they made their arrest. There you go. So fake things everywhere. Uh, there are times that police do special enforcement crackdowns, right? Well, the Edmonton police did a special 24-hour traffic enforcement recently that resulted in almost 2,500 violations, okay? Now, the most interesting violation here was one driver who was given a distracted driving ticket for wearing a live ferret around their neck while cruising down the boulevard. You have a dog. Have you ever ridden with your dog around your neck the do- in the car? The dog is pretty chill, right? All you have to do is roll down the window, and he'll stick his head out the window, and it's all good. It's riding with cats that aren't in carriers that's the real problem. I've never met a cat that was okay with riding in a vehicle. Around your neck? Look, when my cats are in the car and they're not in a carrier, they're everywhere. They're clawing at my really? legs. They're down around the gas pedal. They're up on the passenger seat. They're up on my neck. They're climbing around the headrest. How often yeah. are you driving with your cats? Not often anymore, but back in the day, I didn't have a carrier. I needed to take him to the vet, and so there wasn't any other option. And so, yeah, I have actually driven with a cat around my neck. It was not pleasant. I never drive anywhere with my fish. (laughs) Then again, I don't think I need to. Goldfish named Dorothy. 
and she's actually three and a half years old. I'm not kidding you. Do you shorten it to Finding Dory? No. No. No, this is Dorothy from, the name Dorothy came from Elmo's World because it was a present for our, at that time, five-year-old daughter, Jaylin, uh-huh. uh, who was giving up her pacifier for a, to the, to, to the sucker fairy, as we called it. And then, so, she got a present, right, for giving up her pacifier. And the present was the goldfish. And, and the that goldfish is still kicking. The f- three and a half years later. Man, the sucker fairy must have that fairy. And so she out. was big into Elmo on Sesame Street, and Elmo has a fish during Elmo's World called Dorothy, and so that's why the fish is named Dorothy. Very well done. Okay. Uh, you know, it's funny because sometimes I was thinking about this. My five-year-old Jolene, she will put her feet on my neck while I'm driving. So she sits. she's the one who sits right behind me. Jaylin sits over there on that side. Um, and so what she does is she'll take her sho- she loves to take her shoes off. So she thinks it's funny to put her feet on Daddy's neck while I'm driving. And then for me to reach back and grab them. And then she's like, Only a daughter can get away with that. And then I grab their feet and I try to crush her foot. Right. And then, you know. <laughs> well, that's probably not a good thing. That's fine. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, so we ha- those are... Those are my driving problems. So how many of you listening to this podcast uh, complain on a daily basis about other drivers who don't use their turn signals? How many? Raise your hands. I see lots of hands out there. Now, here's the thing. Like I said in the past, using your turn signal when you're when you're turning, okay, that's the right thing to do. I, I get that. But you know what? I think some drivers, and we've talked about this too, I think they get too touchy when they don't see other drivers use their turn signal every time they lane change, especially on the interstate, because I think if you're just driving and you're just weaving a little, I mean, not weaving in and out like a crazy person, uh-huh. but you're just making a lane change or maybe getting around something that might be on the side. Let's say there's an emergency vehicle on the side or something on the side of the road. You just want to move over a little bit and go around. I mean, come on. You don't, right. I mean, you don't really need the turn signal at that point, right? Uh, but, but. So I think some drivers get just a little bit too touchy with those lane changes. Anyway, the public information officer for the Indiana State Police recently created a short video. Uh, It's a public service announcement, if you will, to make sure everyone is aware of a what he calls a truly revolutionary feature he says can be found on every modern car. So some of you drivers are probably going to want to take some notes, grab a notebook, grab a pen and take some notes. Here he is. The auto industry has made incredible advancements on technology and safety and vehicles. But what if I told you there's a feature on every car that's standard that not only will help prevent crashes, but also help prevent road rage a little bit. Let me show you. So if you look at your steering wheel here, to the left side of your steering wheel, there's this stick that comes out. It's pretty incredible. It's called a turn signal. If you push it down, let me show you what it does. It's amazing. On the front of your car, it starts making a light flash. Now, if you push it down, it it indicates that you're going to turn to the left. But not only on the front, let me show you what else it does here. On the back of your car, it also flashes a light, indicating that you're going to turn left or make a lane change. Now, it does just the opposite if you push it up. Again, it's right here next to your steering wheel. It may require that you put down your coffee or your cell phone or whatever you have in your hands so that you can safely drive. And if you push it up, it indicates that you're going to go right. Now, this is not only the right thing to do, it's not only against the law not to use it, but it's the courteous thing to do. And it's going to help people around you understand your indication that you're going to make a lane movement or make a turn. So please, use your turn signal. Well, there you have it from the Indiana State Police. The the video, get this, has had 15 million views in just a week. 15 million views. 
if I had done the same video, nobody would have watched it. That's no. all I'm saying. Like, a- <laughs> you got to have the badge to deliver it in that way for people to really pay attention. And I'm glad that they are, hopefully. And obviously, he was using sarcasm in that in that video to try to get people's attention. And, and it's funny because on the video or on some of the comments, it, something about uh, BMW. BMW drivers are going to really want to pay attention to this. I don't know why they so many people pick on BMW drivers. It's I don't drive easy, one, but right, it's too easy. Is that what it Have is? Have you ever seen a courteous BMW driver? Well, there's one that's in our newsroom. <laughs> I will not identify the male anchor who drives the BMW. Oh, he seems courteous. Okay, no, he is mostly courteous, but he also likes to drive pretty fast. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of a fun little video, and and uh, I'll steal it and put it on my Facebook. Uh, and you've heard the stories of UPS drivers only making right turns and not making left turns? Yeah. Well, this story came from Travel and Leisure that I was reading, and it says that drivers should consider doing the same thing, that we should try to do as many right turns as we can, as the art of the right turn is the result of a complex mathematical equation that has saved UPS millions of dollars. So that's why they do it. So it's they, they spend less time waiting and more time driving. So UPS's vehicle routing software, they've determined that turning left is a waste of time. And it's also a waste of money. So while they eliminate cross turns, it may increase a little bit of time spent to get to a destination. It actually reduces the chance of a crash and eliminates the time spent waiting for traffic to make that turn, which would in turn waste fuel. So I guess it wastes less fuel to go right, even though it might take you a little bit longer than wait to turn left. I guess that's what they're saying. So what's there to learn from all of this? Mythbusters, this is where we're going. Mythbusters put the UPS rule to the test and found that eliminating left turns does save fuel for everybody, not just the UPS drivers. They found that if everybody agreed to no longer turn left, it could translate into massive fuel savings, but... They also found out that drivers are generally unwilling to change their ways unless it benefits them personally. That's human nature. Yes. Although right turns would eliminate weights in intersections, right? It could also tack on some extra drive time. But for those willing to consider an extra couple of minutes in exchange for fuel savings, eliminating left turns on upcoming road trips could actually be the wisest decision you might make behind the wheel. Well, and I think it could even save you some time, right? If you're at one of those tricky intersections where the options are to turn left or to make a box turn, Uh and some of them it is quicker to just do the four rights instead of the one left. Well, because three rights make a left. Right. Because my father would always say, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, three rights make a left. That's true. It's and three lefts true. make a right. I live That's on a... a <laughs> well, coming out coming out of a, onto 11 from Gallipago is right by West High School, and you're right yep. by Santa Fe. So you've got a bunch of drivers turning in a bunch of different directions, and if you're trying to go left at a busy time of day, you're going to be there for a minute and a half. Whereas if you try to make a right turn, you can just turn right onto Santa Fe, and it's all good. Go right, go right, go right. Uh, go right, go right, go right. <laughs> all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. So I found this title article, and it's called, What's Driving? Driving transit ridership declines. And basically, I'm going to save you a lot of time, is because riding transit is no fun. But what I thought was the real headline from this is that transit use is down basically everywhere in the United States. Every major city, except for a couple, and we'll get to those in a second, is reporting a significant transit use decline. And that includes New York City, which a lot of people would consider the mecca of transit use in this country because of their well-put-together subway system. And what this article points out is that the lack of, tra- the lack of transit use is not a result of reduced congestion. 
and it's not the result of Lyft and Uber. In fact, the city of Austin, Texas, kicked Lyft and Uber out at one point, and as a result of eliminating ride-sharing companies, transit use went up 1%. So not even enough to move the needle, really. It's just a matter of fact that transit use is not fun. They're always late, and part of that is because congestion on the roads is getting worse, so if you're riding a bus, you're dealing with the same traffic that everybody else is dealing with, except you're doing it in more uncomfortable environment. They're poorly maintained almost everywhere in the country, and especially in Washington, D.C., but in a lot of places across the country, you see buses that are neglected, not really put together well. You see light rail trains that have peeling fabric and things like that, so it doesn't create a welcoming environment, and it's inconvenient. I mean, think of how many times just here in Denver you see buses or trains that are running a slight bit off schedule. And it's really kind of remarkable how much that can affect somebody's day who's counting on it to run like clockwork. You know, you you make a point about the it's not aesthetically pleasing. They're not well taken care of. That reminds me of the public versus private argument where anything that is public is usually worn down and not very well maintained because nobody owns it really. Private, somebody has an ownership interest in that whatever it is, and therefore it's maintained better. So whether it's a bathroom, right? Let's say you have a porta potty that's nobody that the city owns that it's just out there. It's gonna look like well, holy correct. Hell, <laughs> right? And so it, but if you have a let's say a private gas station, right, they're gonna maintain their facilities very well. You're gonna have a private um, whatever, and you're going to maintain it very well. Just look at your own house or your own car. You're going to maintain those a lot better than a public vehicle that everybody uses, that the bus driver, it's not his. He's just working, he or she are just, just working to drive the bus. They're not really maintaining it. And the people that are technically owning it, the people, right. aren't really taking care of it because there's we hire somebody to supervise the maintenance of these things and it's just not the same as you taking care of your own babies absolutely not you're absolutely right and it's funny you say that because the two cities that have seen increased use are the ones that are really making that investment in their transit system and taking care of their babies and that's houston and seattle and seattle's the one to really keep an eye on because they've they've put so much money into not just bus and light rail infrastructure but also their walking and biking infrastructure and those things all put together if you can make that last mile convenient when you're getting off the bus or getting on the bus, then you can really get people to stick on the bus once they get on it or once they get used to a transit pattern, so to speak. And so Denver does seem like it would be ripe for this sort of transit use and to be one of those cities that really sees a boom in transit. But what it would require is the sort of investment that it doesn't appear the state of Colorado or any of the major agencies are willing to make. And I come back to the aesthetics. When you look at an RTD bus, does it look like something you would want to get onto? Now, let's say your RTD bus or your train look like the Jetsons or look like, let's say, the inside of a Tesla. Those are really cool looking vehicles. So let's say your bus had leather seats and it just had futuristic looking uh, interiors and it was just more aesthetically pleasing. Do you think more people then would ride the bus? Absolutely. And I don't even think you need to go that far. I think free Wi-Fi and like a place to plug in your phone would do it for me. Greyhound buses, I didn't realize this. I took a Greyhound bus from the Boston airport to Hanover, New Hampshire, and you get on, you get free Wi-Fi, and there's four electrical outlets in every row of seats. So you can plug in all your stuff, you can hang out on your phone, you don't really have to interact with anybody, and you get to your destination in a comfortable seat in a reasonable amount of time. That's all people want. The CDOT Bustangs, uh, the ones that go from here to the Springs, Colorado Springs, and the ones that they're trying up in the mountains, they have that sort of 
that they all have that technology. They have the bathroom on there. They have the Wi-Fi. They have the plugins, that sort of thing. But then again, with your if you're just commuting from let's say the Springs to Denver, and then you're going to work. Okay, that's one thing. But if I'm taking all my ski stuff from here up to the mountains, that's not just I'm bringing a briefcase and uh, you know maybe uh, my workout bag so I can go hit the gym during the lunch hour. I mean, you are bringing a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and it is going to be somewhat inconvenient to do that sort of thing. So, and, and the city buses, the regular city buses, on an average day are not going to be well, that well equipped. No, not at all. And here, here's and we're not talking about the study anymore, but just in my own experience, I don't think the straight line from downtown Denver to the mountains is really what's going to make people invest in infrastructure. I think it's the web. I think it's connecting Littleton to Aurora, to Thornton, to the nor- northeast part of the city, and really getting all of those towns to be able to get to downtown Denver and to each other in a really easy fashion. Right now, everybody can get to downtown Denver, but getting somewhere else can be really a challenge. So the hub and spoke method. Yes. Where exactly. you have the, the hub is Denver, and then you can get out from Union Station to the airport, to Arvada, to Aurora, you know, that sort of thing. But then going, if I want to go from Aurora to, let's say, downtown Inglewood, I can't really do that very easily. Correct. If I want to go from North Glen down to uh, Lakewood, I can't do that very easily. Right. And I, I think a lot, it's really easy for people to feel disconnected, you know, and I think... I have friends in Aurora right now that make that commute to downtown Denver on the bus system or on the light rail on a daily basis, and it works for them because they're going, like you said, from one of the spokes into the hub. So, well, you know, that's not good for the transit people. No. Keep pushing transit. Keep pushing transit. I mean, our walking and biking infrastructure is decent, you know, like, and the bus infrastructure is decent. It just needs a facelift and a significant facelift. And that would be significant money. Yep. It always comes down to money. Yes, sir. Doesn't it, though? Uh, Well, you know, time now, I guess, for a short break. On the other side, you've heard uh, commentaries from TV station general managers before on different issues. We don't do that here. Well, we have to keep a general manager longer than a couple years to actually have them do commentaries. Uh, But there's one in Florida uh, who had a commentary that is near and dear to our hearts here on the Driving You Crazy podcast. You'll hear from him next as the Driving You Crazy podcast continues. I'm Amanda Del Castillo, and you're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. Hey, everybody. It's Eric Lufer with Denver 7, the morning show. Hey, watch us every morning, Monday through Friday, because, you know, I'm on it. Now, if I wasn't on the team, I would watch Denver 7 for the Jason Lisa bickering that they do every, every morning. They're like brother-sister. I love it. It adds to the dynamic. We're just a great team, and it's people need to watch. Eric Lufer, only on Denver 7. The most fun that I have is probably when we get to cover weather because, one, it changes all the time. And so it's something new literally every time we come on television. And then when we're telling people about the roads or about what's falling and we're really showing off kind of this is what the conditions are for you to know where we are, sometimes you can't help but throw a snowball or make a snowman or do something. And the photographers don't like it when we throw snow at their cameras, but we really do. And that's, that's probably one of the most fun parts. Jason Grenauer, only on Denver 7. Well, 
Welcome back to the Driving You Crazy podcast as we boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Stuck in a pothole that's filled with rainbow sprinkles. Going back to that story, remember that story from last week where someone in Philadelphia filled that road crack with three pounds of rainbow sprinkles? All right. I, I was just thinking, imagine the ants or the other critters that are eating all that goop in there and what it looks like now. That it's been sitting out there for a while, and because I'm sure they didn't, nobody, like the highway department or roadway department, didn't come out there and just clean it out, and the sprinkler didn't do that either, so. Well, don't they, sprinkles melt, right? So as soon as it well, rained, it would melt all the sprinkles. But it doesn't go away. That's it doesn't true. just, you know, disappear into nothingness. Maybe, so, maybe it worked as a sealant for the road. There might be... <laughs> There might be some critters on a sugar high right now. Oh, and breaking news. Break. Do we have a breaking news sounder? <laughs> April the giraffe, still pregnant. Also, Ed Sheeran coming to Denver. Legitimate breaking what? news. <laughs> I know. Really? I'm excited, too. <laughs> uh, are you the first line in line for tickets? Uh, Isn't that Indy a singer of some sort? Yeah, he's a singer. He's British. He's ginger. Oh, he is? He has a scruffy little beard, yeah. Oh, love those scruffy little British beards. I'm just, I, I don't even feel bad saying that Ed Sheeran, the man. The man. What? The man. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen a dog or, God forbid, a child in a car with all the windows up or just a little crack in the window and wanted to do something to help? Well, the Colorado House just recently passed a bill which gives Good Samaritans a process to save kids and animals that might be trapped inside an unsafe vehicle. What the bill says, it, it uh, lists specific steps that a person must take to have immunity from any damages resulting in the intervention of, of doing that. As we're getting into the point in of of the year where it's getting warmer in some of the southern states and and even just and i think maybe it was a week ago or so there was a kid i think that there was yeah I, died I in a car yeah. right uh, well all right here's how the bill reads if a child or animal is in imminent danger a person must confirm that the vehicle is locked make a good faith attempt to contact the vehicle owner and contact law enforcement before attempting to break into the vehicle quote forcibly entering someone's vehicle must be a last resort but there are situations when it is necessary to save a life unquote and that's representative Lori sane and she's the one who uh, brought up this bill she says again the bill ensures good samaritans can responsibly act to help a distressed child or animal while still protecting public property and cooperating with law enforcement in recent years 10 other states have passed similar legislation um, you know it's actually harder than you think to break a car window I mean, even if it's cracked, you don't want to hold it and then break it because you'd cut your hand pretty severely. Right. But they, they, there are devices that you can use. They're, they have them on Amazon for under 10 bucks, And they uh, will, if you got to go into the right spot, though, like in the bottom corner of the window, mm-hmm. and that helps break them out. Um, but windows are actually harder to break than you might think. Yeah, well, and especially on cars where they're th- they're thicker, right? Yeah. And I mean, you see, I've seen the devices where it's just a point, and you put it right in the middle, you give it a good tap, and it pops it right out. But I wonder how many people are actually, if they even really care about this law, or would even remember this law if they saw an animal in the car, and uh, so they're not going to have this as a reference. Going, oh, wait, I, all right, I I called just called law enforcement. I just all right, all the doors are locked. Uh, they're not going through a you know the step process here. They're going to say that dog is in there and that's hot and anybody around. I'm just breaking this window. I mean, it's a well written piece of legislation, right? Because if in the event that the child is in imminent danger and somebody's an actual hero, they won't get charged. And in any other circumstance where they're jumping the gun or they're being 
silly for whatever reason and they decide to just break in without the good faith attempt or for a dog that's yeah. not in any sort of imminent danger that literally has been in the car for 30 seconds, they're not going to be protected under this. Yeah. And I'm surprised still that people will forget kids inside a car. That just astounds me. How do you not know that your child is in the car behind you? That's just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I'm not going to try to take the other side of that argument. uh, Anyway, so we have not shied away from our feelings about the express lanes here in Colorado. We are not fans by any stretch of the imagination. And Colorado, you know, it's not the only state where these told express lanes are used uh, and build as a way for the states to uh, beat congestion and, and really beat all the heavy traffic that you might see in the general purpose lanes. Well, we're not the only ones to have these, th- these feelings, Joseph. The president and general manager of TV station WPLG in Miami, his name is Bert Medina, and he recorded an editorial that he titled, It is time for state lawmakers to put the brakes on express lanes that continue to frustrate drivers on South Florida highways. All right, take a listen to uh, Mr. Medina. We're finally hearing a plan for the express lanes that make sense. Get rid of them. Florida State Senator Frank Artilis has introduced a bill to eliminate express lanes on Florida highways. Local 10 couldn't agree more. We have brought you countless stories on the safety issues of lane diving accidents. And while traffic engineers are adding stronger plastic poles to reduce that problem, it doesn't address the fundamental issue. Express lanes are making traffic worse, not better. The express lanes have simply taken away lanes from the vast number of drivers cramming more cars into the remaining lanes. These express lanes are all about making money, not about making our commute better. It doesn't take a traffic engineer to tell us I-95 is a mess virtually all hours of the day. And things have gotten even worse since the express lanes were added. The system is broken, and this failed experiment needs to end. If you agree with us, Call your state representative or senator, or even better, both. Add your name to the list of Floridians who have had enough. We will see that that petition gets delivered to your lawmakers. Again, the words from Bert Medina, the general manager of WPLG-TV in Miami. Now, one difference between the express lanes there and uh, uh, then here are those soft little plastic poles that are supposed to act as a barrier to drivers going in and out of the express lanes in those designated, except in certain designated areas. Here for Colorado, it's just the painted double line, but you so you can get in and out um, of those lines pretty easily. But those those su- supposedly uh, those barriers are supposedly supposed to help prevent people from diving in and out because you don't want to hit it with your car. But Colorado doesn't have that yet. He also mentioned the number of crashes that occur in and out of the express lanes as drivers try to transition to or from faster-moving traffic. We have the same problem here on I-25 up north uh, where people are trying to do the same thing coming down from 120th to 84th Avenue. And I was talking to a guy who was a – he's now working for a small – little tiny police department, but he used to be a traffic investigator for 25 years up in Thornton. And his theory is the same thing, that you have the traffic that is moving so fast in the express lane, and you have much slower traffic in the regular lanes. So as drivers try to get weave in or out because they're trying to avoid some of the slow traffic and maybe diving in the express lane or vice versa, because they think they're going to get told, pow, that's where you have the crashes. And that's why we've seen the increase of traffic crashes up there on that north side where there are the express lanes. Very interesting. So, uh, obviously, so they're, they're against the express lanes, just as we are. They have actually put up a petition on change.org 
So they're actively encouraging people to sign it so they can send it to the Florida State Legislature to encourage them to pass the bill and have those express lanes removed and made back into general purpose lanes. And it seems like it's some deep-seated hatred here. They already have over several thousand signatures on this petition, and the comments posted to the commentary are pretty mixed. Uh, Many of the same arguments we hear in Colorado, some say they're great, the express lanes are great, that they reduce the time that you're spending in traffic, but it comes obviously at a cost. Others say let everybody use the express lanes, not just the rich people. And then there's this one. Quote, They are double dipping by using our tax dollars for the roads and then charging people to use the express lane and punish those by increased congestion and road rage if they cannot use the express lane and some are not able to exit where they need to go, unquote. You know, it reminds me of now this bill that's in the Colorado legislature. We talked about it last time of the HOV. Remember, the HOV lanes here went from two people in the car to three people in the car. And now the legislation is to try to get it back to two people in the car to allow more people to use it because there are, now there are fewer HOV drivers in the express lanes. Yep. Um, and so what this legislature legislator wants to do is incre- or drop it back down to two so more people are using it. And then CDOT comes out and says, well, we're going to lose $5 million. Or it's going to cost us $5 million. It's not really costing them $5 million. What they're doing is losing $5 million in projected toll revenue. That's what they're, they say they're losing. So and they the, also, way it, the way they wrote that, it, it bugs me. They also just made a $1.2 billion ask, right? So it's not like $5 million is going to make or break their budget when we're talking about nine or ten figures. Yeah. So it, it, All right. So here's another uh, comment. Praising the express lanes. Every time that I drive to Miami, I use the express lanes, and they're a godsend, typically saving me 20 to 30 minutes on my commute. The only issue with the express lanes, and this is the same issue we have on all Florida roads, is the terrible drivers that do not follow simple laws of the road. No, you cannot jump in and out of the lanes. No, you cannot avoid the toll just to come back into the lane. If you miss your exit because you're in the express lanes, you do not have the permission to swerve across all lanes to make your exit. Simply exit at the next legal and safe point and leave the highway there. Florida drivers seem to feel entitled to do whatever they want on the roads, and until that is addressed, the roads will not be safe. Trust me, removing some plastic poles on the highway will do nothing to curb the idiocy of Florida drivers. You could say that about Texas drivers, Kansas drivers, New York drivers, Colorado drivers, California drivers, Arizona drivers. I mean, you hear it across the board, right? I want to go back to that taxpayer comment, though, because it's right. Like, you pay taxes. They use the tax money to build a road that you can't drive on. And if you because you can't afford to drive on it, so what did you spend your tax money on? Well, that's the thing they want they they're the way they have these roads set up. It's that that they have, and this is this is part of the Trump infrastructure plan too. Is what they do is they allow a private company to upfront the money and then get paid back by those tolls, right? Get paid back over time. So it allows the state, and this is the state's argument, that we can build a lane right now that you can use right now, that you will be able to see less congestion right now, which is not the case, um, in, instead of waiting five or six years until we collect enough money to then build the road at everybody's, and it will be a free road. So basically what they're saying is, we got this credit card via public-private partnerships, mm-hmm. and we're going to spend that money right now, and we're going to be able to give you this shiny new lane, and we're going to be able to pay it back over several months and years and years and years. Personally, 
and I know you with uh, being a fan, a fan of uh, Dave Ramsey, I think it is more prudent to save the money first, get collect the tax money, and then build it. Colorado's been in the unfortunate situation where we have not saved money for infrastructure, for building roads. We still have that lower gas tax. We still have no state sales tax that goes to road building. Um, and the general uh, uh, fund, there's no extra money, really, that is pouring into Colorado roads, so they're, right. they're, they're able to build them, right? We just haven't kept up with the growth over, over time. And so it's still, even though it might be painful now, I think it's still more prudent to save the money and then build the roads rather than do these public-private partnerships where we're having to have these tolled roads. I absolutely agree. I mean, we put in the tab- Tabor, right, in the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights so we never run a deficit and we never be in debt to anybody, theoretically. That was what it was sold as when it was first passed, right. correct? And then we have these public-private property partnerships where that's exactly what you're doing is you're going in debt to somebody and you're relying on the layman to pay off that debt right exactly you know fundamentally i still with the idea to get rid of these express lanes but the chances of it happening here is worse than probably me winning the the powerball it's just not going to happen unfortunately once they go down that road and we've talked about it we've heard about it on i-25 south down to the springs that they're going to talk about putting an express lane instead of making it three general purpose lanes which i think is a horrible 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 idea unless you make a lot of money you can afford the hov lane there you go because those people love it and i respect them because i Cannot. Uh, we got a lot of questions coming into the email, so we want to get some answers for you. This person asks, why are there the raised bumpy patterns where the sidewalk ends in some intersections? They are sometimes painted yellow, and to me, the, re- the writer, they look like giant sheets of bubble wrap. Yeah, well, most of the people think those are there to help give you actually traction while you're walking, but that's not the case. They're actually there for people who are visually impaired. That's that, And that's surprising to some people. Those blister-like bumps are also known as truncated domes and detectable warning pavers. And they're really part of something called tactile paving. It, it means that the paving can be felt right there from your feet. So it helps the visually impaired detect when they're about to leave the sidewalk and enter the street. They can also feel the change in texture on the ground below them and know to stop before crossing the street. And for the visually impaired with some vision... The bright yellow or the bright red coloring on those sidewalk bumps also helps alert them that the sidewalk is coming to an end. So you might have seen these also offset offset bump patterns there on train platforms or street trolleys or trams, right? Well, that's for the visually impaired. So that's tactile paving first showed up in Japan in the late 60s, and it's been used ever since. So it's, uh, it's welcome for those folks. There you go. Uh, so I saw this interesting story. Everybody likes the new car smell, right? That's true. Ally Financial debuted some conceptual new car smell scent options at this year's North American International Auto Show. Are you ready for these, Joseph? Yes. Here you go. The first one is called The Future. Made from 47% hard drive, 27% laptop, 19% GPS, and 7% sandwich. I don't know why sandwich. Uh, Not sure what kind of sandwich. Is it a hot or cold sandwich? I don't understand how sandwich made it in there. Uh, this is the description of it. Smell that? It's the future. Where you don't drive cars, they drive you. Sure, it's intelligent, it's artificial, but its fragrance is as natural as it gets. So inhale the intoxicating aroma of modern technology, people, and buckle up. Okay. Uh, okay. Then there was this new smell called Luxury Coupe, made of 67% plush leather, 28% shoe polish, and 4% caviar. 
Only 4%? Probably the finest beluga, right? Caviar? Uh, here's how they describe luxury coop. Benjamins hire a chauffeur and load up on lobster. You've arrived. Enjoy the refined air of the 1%. The road is your red carpet. Pedestrians, your paparazzi. Don't spare the horses, Jeeves. Man. <laughs> how about chauffeur? 46% smartphone, 24% energy drink, 22% glitter, and 8% lost gloves. For the tireless That's half of our newsroom. It says for the tireless late night reveler, there's no better scent than the floral bouquet of ease, convenience, and clean leather. No cash, no problem. So breathe easy knowing the fare's already taken care of. The driver might even let you pick the music. Uh, all right, so here's the City Compact. 43% cappuccino, 29% hairspray, 25% lipstick, and 3% yoga mat. Okay. <laughs> I don't think a yoga mat would smell all that great. Uh, in the city rat race, you're the mouse leading the pack. Grip the wheel, toot the tiny horn, and park where others can only dream. Beep, beep. I mean, yoga mat technically smells like a Subway sandwich, too, right? Same chemicals in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Subway will not be a sponsor of this program. Trusty sedan, 40% pleather, 35% pine, 22% instant coffee, and 3% fanny pack. Man's best friend on four wheels, waiting, idling, never stalling. You might top out at 100, but your engine will run forever. Stay in the middle of the road and paint the town beige. That's my kind of scent right there, Joseph. This segment is also a great math quiz for me because I'm trying to add all these up to make sure they get to 100, and I'm not <laughs> able to keep up with you right now. Uh, pickup truck, 5% bonfire, 21% axle grease, 16% flannel, and 6% beard. I think the beard, depending on the beards. That's Colorado right there. Behold the chariot of the free man or woman, the destroyer of bugs, the hauler of the weak. Gasoline and sweat run through its veins and enter your nose. Breathe deeply and roar. That was pickup truck, okay? <laughs> That's inspiration. Thank you. Uh, all right, here's family wagon. 44% baby wipes, 31% stain remover, 22% crayon, and 3% regret. <laughs> is, is the regret large enough there? I don't no, know. I think there needs to be some changes, but this is just about right. I spy with my little nose something beginning with kids. The mighty family wagon, mobile crib and canteen. Breathe in the heady musk of crayons and baby powder. This is your future. Are we there yet, they wail? Soon enough, my friend, soon enough. This would have to be in a, a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> the rugged SUV, 57% mud, 21% tree bark, 16% sweat, and 6% roadkill. Go anywhere, do anything. You're as free as the mighty bald eagle, but not necessarily bald. Breathe the air of the mountains or the shopping mall. You decide. Turn the key and unlock freedom. That could also be a Colorado car. Or just or a Jeep smell. Wrangler, right? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that is, that's the Jeep smell, right? Yep, that's We have a lot of Jeeps out here. All right, there's the eco-friendly hybrid scent. 80% water, 14% grass, 5% tofu, 1% smug. If this was bolder, it'd be a lot more smug. Right. Uh, what Mother Nature would drive if she had a license? Birds, trees, and flowers are your co-pilots. Smile the smile of righteousness, my friend, and put your foot down lightly. This reminds me of the old Spice ads at this point. Does that sound about right? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's, wait, that's a, I think it's the farmer's thing. All right. And the last scent was muscle car. 
20, <laughs> all right, 52% nitrous oxide, 20% testosterone, 20% burnt rubber, 8% brimstone. Hang your elbow out the window and let the wind blow through your armpit hair. This is life. This is living. The road is your story. Write it fast. I guess that could apply to women, too, right? It could, yeah, the armpit hair especially. Joe Walsh, okay, which one's your favorite? Rugged SUV. <laughs> of course Rugged you think SUV. So? Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. Well, is that the way you would s- smell all the time? I mean, you want to smell that way all the well, time? There was one that I actually wouldn't mind. Sp- yeah, pickup truck. 57% bonfire, 21% axle grease, 16% flannel, 6% beard. Come on. You don't have a beard. I've had a beard. Past tense. Okay. It's all that counts. Also, shout out J.K. Simmons. The Farmer's commercials may be my favorite role of yours. Oh yeah, I you know what I have farmers insurance just recently, like in the year last year and a half. Da, 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 Be- da, 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 da. Because they are less expensive than what I was using before. Farmers, call us. There you go. Yeah, we could do farmers since I already use your products. We would love to have you a sponsor of our broadcast. Uh, okay. Anyway, well, thanks again for listening. I guess that ends this edition. It was an unsolicited, uh, unpaid uh, endorsement right there. Uh, thanks again for listening to this edition of the Driving You Crazy podcast. We'll of course be here again uh, next time, next week, next Wednesday. I think is when we're dropping out. So uh, thanks again for all the support, for listening, the questions, and we will see you next time. Until then, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. I'm Joseph Peters, the overnight producer. Be safe and as always, happy motoring.